you want to give love to the city, that's a fact. But you're going to need help if you want to make an impact. Well endowed, you want to be well endowed with the Edmonton community. Things really happen when you find that you're well endowed. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Well Endowed Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. And I'm Andrew Paul. This podcast is brought to you by Edmonton Community Foundation, and we are a proud affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Edmonton is full of generous donors who've created endowment funds at ECF. These funds generate money to support charities in Edmonton and beyond. On this podcast, we share the stories about how these funds help strengthen our community, because it's good to be well endowed. On this episode, we find out how Terra Centre offers support to teen parents in Edmonton. This year, Terra Centre is celebrating their 50th anniversary as an organization. It began in 1971 with a small group of young moms who banded together to offer support to other young parents. The goal was to support each other through completing high school and to access counseling services. Over the past five decades, the Terra Centre has expanded to provide a variety of services for young moms and dads. Services that meet each parent where they're at, listening to individual experiences and connecting them with the right support. Those supports include mental health support, access to housing support, literacy programs, a youth leadership program, and more. And all of this is offered to young parents without judgment. It's hard to overstate how important this is for teens who are navigating parenthood. It truly is. Young parents still face an incredible amount of judgment and stigma. It forms how others see them and treat them. And as we'll see in this story, this level of judgment can have a lasting effect on how they see themselves. Aubriana Snow is back to share her discussion with Karen Mottershead, Executive Director of Terra Centre, and Barb Hoffmorin, a longtime volunteer at the centre. Could we start off, maybe I, I would just get you both to introduce yourselves and share a little bit about your relationship with Terra Centre? Uh, so my name is Karen Mottershead, Executive Director for Terra. I joined Terra back in 1997, just as we were moving into this building that we're in now. And I've enjoyed a long history of supporting the organization grow and res- continue to respond to the needs of young parents. Yeah, I'm Barb Hoffmorin, and I joined Tara in 1973 when my son was born, and I was in the middle of grade 12 and uh, had to finish out, finish out the year. Once I had my, my little guy, then I was uh, home alone, and somebody Somebody suggested that maybe I could finish my studies at Terra, so I agreed to do that, and where my where I started with it. That's awesome. Thank you. Are you able to tell me a little bit, Karen, maybe about the history of the organization? Sure. So Terra has a, a really rich history. I think the interesting part about Terra's history is not only have we evolved over 50, 50 years and helped young parents our community. Uh, to continue growing and and being and uh, growing stronger and healthier, but also Tara's played, I think, an important role in helping to evolve the uh, the social issue of teen pregnancy and how the community responds to the issue of teen pregnancy. So the early history goes back to actually just before 1971, and originally the organization was called Move M O V E. Still to this day, we're not really sure if that was an acronym to anything, but um, that evolved from, from what we understand, uh, a group of young moms who did want to finish high school and 
importantly also is that they wanted to keep their children because at that time it was a difficult time uh, to keep their children. Very often they were strongly encouraged to surrender them and give them up for adoption. So this group of young people uh, wanted to finish high school. They wanted to keep their children and started out as a support group. And just a few of them were getting together. And I, from what I understand, it was, I think it was on Jasper Avenue, an old Anglican church, I believe. And so they met there and that's how, that's how it started. And it wasn't too long after that, maybe a couple of years, when the organization uh, moved to an old house that used to be behind La Marchand Mansion. And that is probably where the story that Barb could pick up on because that's her <laughs> recollection days. Yeah, it was exactly that. It was a, behind the La Marchand Mansion. It was an old house that was old in those days. And uh, it was sitting on sort of the top of a, a mountain almost. And uh, there was two organizations that were in there, Move and Biggs was in there. Big Sisters was in there as well. And we had two floors. Tara had like the second floor up and then an attic where there was an attic area where the children had, it was care for children. There was a, a lady there that volunteered her time and she looked after the children while the other children were down <laughs> finishing their studies with school and uh, working by correspondence. And then there was a couple of ladies that um, were teachers. Uh, retired teachers that were coming in and helping us out with the with the courses and the classes. Yeah, that's uh, really cool. Are you able to talk a little bit about more of of your experience, Barb, and what that felt like as a young parent? Well, you know, it's funny. Kids are funny, right? you know. And I mean, I know that now more than ever. I wouldn't have thought about it in the same way at that time. But you know, you just kind of move forward and do what you can. I I was not invited to go back to school. I was asked. In fact, I was asked to leave school, so I didn't have any other alternatives. But I, I, in the meantime, I still had to pack up my child and take a couple of buses to go downtown and, you know, then start working on studies. And it wasn't really, there was a couple of rooms. They weren't classrooms, but they were because different, different girls were taking different classes at, you know, at the same time, right? It was great to be able to go there and to be able to work on those things. It was also good to be involved with people that were non-judgmental and also with other girls in the same circumstances. And it was good to have other people that care and have somebody to help you with your kids, like to care care for the children when you were trying to focus on finishing up your courses, basically. Yeah, that's so important. Are you uh, able to share a little bit, Karen, about how the organization has grown over the years? Sure. I I think back over the years, and I think about what Barb is talking about, uh, this old house. It was called the old trust house, actually. And I think about that small group of young moms that came together. And now I think about over the years, we've, we've evolved from that to, yes, finishing high school is very much still core to our mission. And we have had a very long-standing relationship with Edmonton Public. And through that, we've been able to continue helping young moms finish their high school. Childcare and finishing high school has always been core to our mission. That has never changed over the last 50 years. It looks different now that there's a very uh, robust educational program at Braemar School. We serve 77 children on site at the school. But over the years, we've really come to recognize that for young parents and, and for their children, 
to be strong and healthy and successful. There's, there's other supports that are needed. So about um, 17 or 18 years ago, we started recognizing that young fathers, absolutely, they're part of this equation and they play an important role in the life of young children. So we started engaging with young dads and providing them some support services. Not too far from that time, we also saw that, you know, how do you get ahead and care for your children if you don't have a safe roof overhead? And we also saw that as being really fundamental to our work. And so about 15 years ago, we started uh, evolving some housing support services. You know, more recently, what we've been doing is really focusing on services related to um, mental well-being. And that has become a really important part of our work where we have a full-time mental health therapist and we have a psychiatrist that supports our work and um, other services that relate to um, social emotional well-being. So we've really, you know, looked at the evolving needs of young parents and as an organization continued to grow and adapt based on that. We have um, also in the last number of years developed a, a service to support our young parents moving on to post-secondary. What we found was Braemar is a very close, warm, welcoming environment that has a lot of very holistic services there. And then when you graduate high school, you move into secondary or some other uh, educational program. Nobody is really there right, to help you hold the pieces together. And so what we found was that a lot of our young parents that were moving on to other levels of education after high school found it very, very difficult to succeed because they didn't have the support around them anymore. So now we, we have a program. Uh, it's a post-high school transition, and we have a staff that works with our families that are in post-secondary to help them through all of the many things that they have to navigate now that they're, uh, they've sort of been blessed and released and they've, they've graduated. So that's been an important part of our work. Um, one of the other important parts of our work that we've uh, developed over the years, and, and actually it's interesting because our youth leadership program, we have documentation that goes back about, oh, close to 40 years ago, and our youth leadership program has evolved and it looks different, but having a role for our participants to contribute back, to be part of society, to be part of the community is a very important part of our work really helps to elevate their self-esteem and gives them some purpose. So in the youth leadership program, we have young people that go out to junior and senior high schools. And as part of the calm curriculum, they go in and they talk about the realities of being a young parent. And yes, they love their children immensely, but they also carry a message about um, thinking about the decisions they're making, thinking about the relationships they're in. And so that part of our, our work around peers educating peers is um, is a very important part of our work and something that important because it gives our young parents a, a, a place and a voice in the community and it really helps to uh, elevate their self-esteem. So over the years, right, we, we've looked at how the needs of young parents have evolved and we've tried to respond to those over time. So a bit of a, a long-winded, but over 50 years, it, it, it has had a life of its own. And a lot of that has been driven uh, by the young people that, that we work with and what they talk to us about and, and what we see as some of their emerging needs. 
Yeah, not long-winded at all. It's a really rich history, and it's great to hear about it. Uh, it sounds like you guys do a lot of really amazing work. Um, I'm curious about the perceptions of young parents. And Barb, maybe you can talk a little bit about this, what you think the perceptions were of young parents uh, back when you were at the center, and maybe how that's changed. I'm not 100% certain that the view of young parents has changed a lot over the years. I, that's just my experience. I've, I've been back and forth with Tara a number of times myself, working with the board and volunteering. And I've had an opportunity to, to sort of sit with some of the young moms and, you know, drive them home from meetings and talk to them. And it's funny how I, I roll back in time. My feelings roll back in time with, when I'm with them, because I realize that I, that there's, they're experiencing the same feelings, the same emotions, the same things that I felt when I was young as a young mom, right? You don't feel adequate. You don't feel good enough most of the time. And you, and you feel sort of, um, I don't know what, I mean, I think you feel like you're being judged all the time by older people. So you're, you're always uncomfortable about that. I think with the growth of Tara, though, and the number of people that Tara has working with, this, with them now, um, you know, even the staff members, everyone, the volunteers that are around all the time, I think that really does help the young people think, think better of themselves and not worry about themselves as much. Plus, it's easier to get a little bit of advice from people, I think, too, sometimes when you just need some help, you know, looking after your kids. But I, I say this all the time, like the feelings, I remember any time I've ever spoken or any time I've ever heard anyone else speaking about their experiences it always seems to come across the same way to me it's just one of those things you know it just no, nobody wants to see their children get into that circumstance and people are uncomfortable with it when they see young parents and they don't think that they're capable or they're able and um and the young people feel that you know they just feel it mm. as a young person right so I, i'm not I don't know, Karen, you probably can speak to that better than me, but I just feel that I was saying to Karen the other day, there was a, a woman that had uh, participated in um, an event a few weeks ago and on the video, and she was my age, maybe maybe a couple of years older. I don't know. We were about the same age, but she'd never really spoken about her experiences, I don't think, very often before she was taped on the video, and her emotions were so strong and I thought to myself man like I mean those feelings are there for us they're they're always there for us you know I'm I'm a little easier on it now than I was in the beginning because I I've spoken openly about it a lot but if you haven't it you still have those feelings about yourself that you're a bad girl basically is what I want to say I guess so yeah yeah, Barb, I, I I couldn't explain that any better because you had that lived experience. But you know, I will just add add to that. And when I talk to you know alumni from twenty, thirty years ago, you're right. Many of them are living that moment again. And for many of them, that shame and guilt has created, you know, family yeah family issues that still exist twenty, thirty years later. Issues around parents encouraging their children to surrender uh, yeah. their their child and and or 
you know, choosing to terminate, you know, pregnancies. And so, uh, and a lot of guilt and shame that just gets locked into a closet yeah. and it, it goes down, down a deep hole. And then the conversation starts at some point where maybe it, it starts to seep out of the closet and it does become very raw and, and people that have had that experience are back there, you know, back in those years. Now, compared to now, I think it's, it's very true. I think what Barb is saying, a lot of the young people do feel judged. They do feel inadequate. I do think some of the work that Tara has done, especially around expanding some of our support services, has helped them to have greater opportunity to be part of the community and to be, you know, working in a positive way towards their futures. And I think some of what Tara does, which I think is really important, is help the community seal the promise and the positivity around young parents. And so we're really conscious about how we talk about our families and how we talk about teen pregnancy as a social issue that um you know everybody has curveballs that are thrown at them in, in life things that we don't expect and that doesn't mean you're you know any less of a person or a bad person but it's you know how you rise up to those challenges and i think tara provides a way for young parents through an unplanned pregnancy to rise up to those challenges and embrace them in a way that that works for them that is where they want their uh the direction that they want their life to go in and so we don't you know we don't place any judgment on any decision we always say that these are decisions so we don't make those decisions these are decisions that a young person makes and they make it based on their culture, their values, their beliefs, their family, all sorts of things. And, you know, with that, we will just accept that with open arms and, and yeah. okay, how do we move forward? Where are you going? How do you want to get there? And so it's a very uh, open and very warm and engaging approach that we use. It's all based on you know, relationships and respecting. Yeah that this is a, a young person and they have a right to make these decisions and to chart chart their future. So. Well, and I'm just going to add to that a little bit too, because that's true with Tara, with the organization, the way it is, how much outreach there is, how much, how much Tara is involved in the community, but still within Tara, there's um, a large number of people that are, that are staffed there that are around all the time that are helping girls sort of grow into young women and growing into being young women without being judged, you know, getting on with their life, helping them out. I mean, that that's what we do in society is we help each other. You know, sometimes it, it makes me insane because there some people that don't, that are critical of these incidences would help any other stranger or any other person through almost anything else, but they find it difficult to help a young woman that's going to have a child and isn't married and, and maybe in their minds too young to do that. So it, it's kind of a weird thing, but I think it really does kick back to who the people are and, you know, how they feel about themselves more than anything, I think. But Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We find that engaging this kind of conversation, whether it's with new staff, new board, or community stakeholders, you can see that it sort of stirs up 
a little bit of maybe conflict, a little bit of emotion. Yeah. And, and so what it offers is an opportunity you know, to talk, to talk about it and help the community better understand the potential of young parents. One thing that we see is that young parents are extremely committed to their children and they are so driven to rise above, rise above the challenge, rise above the stereotype. Maybe they've made decisions in their life that have not led them down positive paths, but the fact now that they are going to take on the responsibility of raising their child, they seem to bloom into you know, a, a person who now, who now is very serious about their future and where they want to go. And we have many, many, many uh, wonderful stories about our alumni who are now part of the community doing some very good work and contributing in many, many wonderful ways. And so we know that the work that we're doing does make a difference in raising up this next generation. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really amazing to hear about. So this is the uh, 50th anniversary of Terra. So are, are you guys doing anything to celebrate or commemorate that 50th anniversary? Yeah, so we're running the 50th anniversary from June of 2021 to June of 2022, because actually we were incorporated in June of 1971. And hopefully we'll have COVID a little bit further behind us because we do have some things planned. One of the things that we had just recently was we coordinated with the city to have the lights on the high level bridge go green and orange, which was kind of fun. And that was actually the launch of our fundraising event, Laughs Over Lunch. And it was also the same day that the city did a proclamation of uh, a Terra Day. So that was kind of a bit of a launch. We do have some, some plans in place. We want to create some stories, to share some stories throughout the year. Uh, and whether it's through social media or print or through television or something, we want to be able to share some stories about Tara, the history we've had and the lives that we've changed. Uh, we're hoping that by June of 2022, we're going to be well past COVID and we have a plan to have a major reunion. We think about it as coming back to the family and whether you're a volunteer, a staff, an alumni, a current participant, uh, that we will all have an opportunity to gather and and celebrate celebrate Terra. Yeah, we're hope we have, we have some ideas about some other little small mini kind of reunions, but uh, those are in the works. So we were actually really fortunate that we have two students with us this summer that are starting to do some of this work. Because one of the other pieces, as we talk about the history, we know there's still gaps in our history, and um, about 20 years ago. When we moved from St. Bride's School, that's where the program was, St. Bride's School, when we moved downtown and, and bought our building, here there was boxes and things that never really came with us. And we know there's pieces of our history that we're still starting to uh, work on. So we do have a student this summer that's working on um, doing some research and putting together a document that will help us to celebrate and acknowledge all of the all of the history that Tara has had. That's really cool. It sounds like really exciting work that those students are getting to do. I, I'm curious uh, what what you hope for the future for for young parents and for Tara. And I, I would love to hear from you both on that one. Well, and I see we've I've seen a lot of young parents do this from Tara anyway. The success that many of these young parents have had is 
is astounding. Like it really and truly is. There's women that have gone on to have their own businesses. They're, mm-hmm. They've gone on to go to university and become very successful. I've met uh, young girls at the, you know, at the school at various, you know, various things that I've been doing there um, that <laughs> just blow me away with their level of intelligence and how they feel now that they can sort of grow with that. And uh, I mean, that's, that's really all I, you know, all you can wish for is that people can be able to do the best with their life that they want to be able to do, like take their life and move it to where they, they want it to be. You know, I, I felt lucky with my life. I was able to, you know, have a job, you know, get a job, have a job, go to university. I was able to retire. I'm retired, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that to me was what I would have expected out of my life. So I guess what I'm, what I'm really trying to say is that I just hope that everyone that has an expectation of where they want to be in their life is able to do that just like they would be able to do otherwise because they're doing things that a lot of people have been doing. And, you know, I mean, I I just remember, I I said this the other day, I remember uh, speaking at an engagement one time when I was finished, one of the gentlemen that was there uh, came up to me and we were about the same age and he said, man, (laughs) you know, that could have been me. And, you know, really that, that really says it all. It could be any one of us. And I think that's what makes people so nervous about it. You know, that's what I think it makes people cringe, like, oh my God, you know, how lucky can I be? (laughs) I often think, Barb, like there's a whole lot of lucky people out there, right? (laughs) You know, so uh, yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be too, uh, too harsh to judge. Well, and that, that, I think that's what just makes me, and that's what makes me crazy about the whole thing is that, yeah, there are people that are judging young people that didn't get away with what many of them got away with. And that's, and maybe that's the shame of it all, right? I I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they were out there having sex too. (laughs) They were doing it. (laughs) Exactly. You know, so. one of the things that we're really looking forward to is we've just bought a new building. Yeah, we bought our building downtown about 25 years ago, and it's it served us okay, but it's um, we've outgrown it, and we're ready for something new. And so, you know, part of our vision is being able to, uh, we're going to have more space, larger space for uh, group programming and for, the, the vision really is it's a place in the community as opposed to like sort of a, a adapted office building that we're in now. But what we thought is a building that will truly be a home and a community, a resource center for young parents. So we want young parents to come there and feel like they belong, that the space and the services there really truly reflect their needs and they're able to you know, they're able to continue make, making advances in their life through some of the programming that we're going to do. One of the things that we want to do is to create like a learning lab. Like we know that for lots of different reasons, not all young parents can finish high school, but that doesn't mean that's the end of the road for them. So, you know, we envision doing more around employment readiness and job skills because we all know that, you know, to have a strong future, some economic ability you know we want to 
continue to you know, intervene in the whole area of poverty and try to ensure that young parents they are economically vi- viable, like they can have they can have the opportunity for good, strong futures. And so, employment readiness is a part of it. So that's part of what we see happening in in the um, in the learning lab. And also, you know, just going back to the the mental health pieces. You know, we're doing a fair bit of work right now in the area of mental health, but we'd like to really build that out and have that include like the families of the teen parents, right? So you can imagine when my daughter was 17 or 18, that was something that would be going through my mind. Like, what if that happened in our family? What kind of support might I need? And right now we're not really doing anything for the families. And so we want to be able to build out some supports for the families. Uh, because they are a source of support and we can't be all and to help them, you know, reconnect and bridge with their families would be a really good thing. So we want to offer some additional kinds of sports to their families. So those are the, you know, those are a couple of things that come to mind that we really want to strengthen them to be more ready for work. What also comes to mind is really, it's challenging work and it's very different. And the kinds of supports that they need are different. And so lots of them are dealing with legal issues, custody issues. Most of our dads have not even finished grade nine, honestly. Like you look at the data we collect and so their opportunities for you know, a decent income and employment to support raising their children is is pretty limited. Mm-hmm. So we do want to focus more on the needs of young fathers um, and, and and to help them have better, stronger futures as well too. We have lots of things we want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine those are some really beautiful and amazing goals. I'm I'm mindful of folks' time. I don't want to eat up too much of your day. But uh, before we wrap up, I'm just wondering if you think there's anything that I've missed asking about or uh, main takeaways that you would really like folks to um, take from this conversation. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention when you were talking, uh, when I was talking about like the transition of Terra and talked about some of those programs, just to mention, because it's part of the transition. So for the early years of Terra up until 1997, everything we did was in a school in partnership with Edmonton Public. So we were, we provided support to the students and we provided childcare. But then in 1997, we started working with young parents out in, that weren't at school, they were out in the community. And um, with funding that we received, we started working more with home visitation. So doing more child development with more of a focus on child development. And that 1997 was a real turning point from the organization because Yes, we continued working and supporting parents to get their high school and provide childcare, but we also recognized there was many, many more in the community for lots of different reasons that weren't able to be in school, it wasn't the right time, they just couldn't cope with it. So we really expanded and started developing in 1997 this range of community services. So we were also then able to extend to those um, that needed different kinds of supports. So that's just, you know, sort of a, a piece of the history that up, in ni- up until 1997, it would have been what Barb experienced, which was basically, you know, finished high school, mostly through correspondence, childcare. And then as the agency evolved, we could see that there was just so much more uh, that needed to be done. And for me, bringing in the father's program was probably one of the biggest, best things mm-hmm. as well, because it now you've got now you can maybe help to create families 
with the young women and their children and and their fathers as well, right? So mm-hmm. it was a big it, something, or at least create good relationships between the two of them. Yeah. And the work that's been done with the young men, so now Tara is not something that's just for women anymore. It's for young mm-hmm. men and young women. So it, the, it, it sort of exploded into, and, and growing even more. Right. Growing even more. I mean, the whole jobs yeah. thing, you know, the, that, that's awesome. Well, and just the edges, right? Realizing that, well, you know, each of those young parents, they have a family, but how is it that perhaps their family could be a stronger support if we were able to lend them some help as well, too? We've also talked about, you know, those years between 11 and 14, those developmental years of pre-adolescence. Does Tara have a role helping those young people understand healthy relationships and decision making? Um, you know, the, the school board does some work, but they kind of stay away from that, right? <laughs> they don't go too deep into that, yeah. um, which which is fine. I mean, I think there's, you know, it does belong with family, but a lot of the families we see, they're really struggling in their relationships with their children. And so maybe there's a role more that we can play around prevention too. So I think... Yeah, I think over the next number of years, the next 10 or 15 years, we're going to see Tara start to edge out a little bit and look at some of those peripheral social issues and what can we do to impact those issues. So again, we can can be more effective in either responding to teen pregnancy or we can do more to start to continue um, seeing it decline, which, which it has been, which is a good thing. Uh, but we want to continue to see that. A big thank you to Aubriana Snow for bringing us this story. And thanks to Karen Mottershead and Barb Hoffmoran for telling us about the important work Terra Center is doing to empower young parents. If you'd like to learn more about Terra Center and see the many programs they offer, you can visit their website, terracenter.ca. We'll have a link in our show notes. We'll also have links to all of our upcoming student awards and granting deadlines. Be sure to check those out to see if you, or someone you know, could be eligible for funding. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks so much for sharing your time with us. We really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it out. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help new listeners find our show. You can also find us on Facebook, where you can share your thoughts and see some pictures. Thanks again for tuning in. We've been your hosts, Andrew Paul. And Elizabeth Wonkake. Until Until next next time. time. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation. And is an affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. The show is edited by Lisa Pruden. You can visit our website at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at the ECF. Our theme music is by Octavo Productions. And as always, don't forget to visit Edmonton Community Foundation at ecfoundation.org. Well endowed.